in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by that sometimes breaking a song, Taylor Sokol. Oh wait, that's me. Well, I guess we're a little bit of both in that category. Today we're going to be reviewing the new musical comedy television series, Schmigadoon, which premiered on Apple TV+. This was created by Cinco Paul and Ken Dario with original music by Christopher Willis and Cinco Paul. So, Taylor, this is a non-spoiler review. This was a fun little show that popped up where we have Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key. Uh, two people are definitely uh, amazing comedic actors in their own right and have uh, definitely shown their music chops, uh, of course, uh, Cecily, uh, many, many years on SNL, and then Keegan-Michael Key being at Mad TV, and he's been in a couple of musical movies already, you know, most recently The Prom. Not a far-fetched idea to put them into this fun uh, situation where they seem to enter a town where everything is like a musical theater show. It's like they've, they've stepped into a Broadway world. Uh, and then the hilarious commentary that they would come up with as if like a normal contemporary audience would how they would, you know, relate to all that's going on. So this show popped up. What were your thoughts about going into it and how did it fare for you? Because I think it was pleasantly a fun experience. Yeah, I am. Um, I think that I've, you know, say, we, we've talked about this. I've gotten into musical theater uh, a lot more just because I've been able to expose myself to live productions uh, before, before the pandemic in the last three years or four years, excuse me. So it was really, I was kind of intrigued to see this and the fact that it was going to be a musical comedy, which I think is always, you know, comedy gold. It's, it's gold. So um, I was really kind of eager to see this. Uh, once I saw it, I thought, you know, for someone who has become an avid fan of the genre, I was, uh, I was definitely enjoying the ride. I found myself laughing out loud at many of the moments. Uh, it is a true homage and parody of the musicals of, you know, the 1940s, 1950s, that kind of golden age, where not only is the style and the premise of these songs, but also uh, the jokes and kind of the, the setting where it's in a very uh, archaic and very, um, uh, it's not set in modern times as, as part of the thing. So, you know, it was great, but the, the comedy and the timing, you know, it was very, each episode was very well paced. Uh, you know, I really, I really got to, you know, I wanted, I almost wanted more episodes in the season. I was like, man, this is going way too fast. Um, and, but right off the bat, I think, you know, the casting was great too. Uh, another big, big thing that I thought that was well done uh, for you being not only a, prof a profession, uh, professional in this field and, and also a fan, what were your, your thoughts, you know, hearing about it and then getting to actually enjoy it in its entirety? There's always been something the last, I'd say several years, even pre-pandemic, of always a bit of a just a pause I take before any kind of musical venture in a TV film situation because, again, there's nothing like live theater. And sometimes they kind of have to generalize a lot of things to fit an overall audience. They can't really go too far into detail of, like, you know, the theater nerd. 
And this felt like the show that was an homage to the theater nerds. The ones that really are going to get this material are those that know what these musicals are being based off and what they're being parody of. And definitely then the comedic commentary throughout of, oh, this is the ballad. Oh, this is the group number. Oh, a song's coming in. You know, there was a lot of funny ways that they incorporated things that people that really know musical theater are going to really enjoy and love all the tropes uh, of even like the character types. Like, you know, you're looking at Keegan, Michael and Cecily in this show are our two main characters and as the show goes along, they become like, oh, they're the romantic uh, character for this situation. They're, you know, I loved how the show incorporated all that information. And just the songs themselves were like obvious, really well done parody, but not to be just like funny. Like some of the songs really had a lot of heart and had a lot of detail to them. Um, yeah, it was a good mix. But you can tell this, this, you know, again, it's more of that golden age. Uh, 1940s and 1950s this definitely is tackling things like Oklahoma Brigadoon I mean Schmigadoon itself is a playoff you know Brigadoon uh, you have Finian's Rainbow Sound of Music Music Man Music yeah Music Man I mean a bunch in here and they they did it very well I didn't think any of the songs sounded like out of place and actually some were really really funny I mean I think you and I both really enjoyed uh, without giving anything away, there's a song called Corn Pudding. Corn Pudding, that just was hilarious. Yeah, it's like I actually, they actually, after hearing that song, I was like, I really do want to get some corn pudding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, I think it helped that there was, uh, and smartly done, um, there was quite a, a list of people cast for the show who are, um, you know, Broadway vets or people that have, uh, done Broadway before. So, um, of course, Kristen Janowitz is in here, Alan Cumming, Ariana DeBose. We had Dream Krakowski, Ann Harada, Aaron Teve. Uh, we had Martin Short, who I will say just, this is not a spoiler. Martin Short was underused in this show. He's only in one scene of the entire six episodes. Yeah, that's putting mildly, actually. <laughs> and I was like, where, where was his giant Broadway number? I was expecting him to come up later in the season. Uh, to do some giant, you know, number it ended up happening, but um, you know, Taylor, I have to, I have to kind of bring this up because I do think this kind of helped. Is looking at the director of the show, Barry Sonnenfeld, he has had a very interesting career in terms of what he's done for both film and TV. First off, uh, he directed Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. He directed all three Men in Black movies. He did Wild Wild West. Um, just to name a few of movies. And then in terms of like TV that he's directed, I mean, he did The Tick, he did Pushing Daisies, and he did the most recent, A Series of Unfortunate Events for Netflix. Yeah, so he understands uh, big production as well as good comedy as, yeah. Yeah, I think he knew how to handle the mix of this is part fantasy, part commentary, but then there's a lot of heart to the show. Like I liked how there's a lot of flashbacks to kind of show like, what got us to this situation that would then lead into how in every musical, your main characters have to kind of go through a journey to find out information about themselves, to find out what they're really looking for kind of thing. So I think he blended all those elements very well together. And that's why the show, it, I do agree with you. It did kind of feel like it went, it came and went so quickly, 
uh, only six episodes. And it's like, oh, that's it. Uh, the show's over. I want them to hopefully continue this show and explore more and maybe make it even bigger if they got to continue this show. Yeah, I mean, and I also liked in terms of when they were in, um, you know, the majority of, you know, the present is there in this town of Schmickendun. And it's set up very picturesque, like it is on a stage. Uh, the backdrops are all fake and, and looking like you would see in a stage production. So that was very smart because it really just added to the feel of like, I could see this as being a show uh, on Broadway. Like I would love them to create this into an actual show. I would I would sit through this. Um, yeah. So, you know, that was very smart and... Um, but uh, back to the casting, we talked to the two main leads. So Cecily... You know, she has got some amazing acting chops, and this is great to see her in a really full-on role where she's gets all the range uh, of her her of her talents, and I thought that was great. Uh, and her against Kiki Makoki was a great um, uh, rep, rep repertoire rapport, excuse me, with them. So I really did like their repartee, uh, and you know, back and forth. And I think you know, Kiki Makoki plays a really good like kind of the straight man uh, in terms of you know he's just kind of like, why am I here? This, uh, you know, scoffing at the musical elements. But yeah, the commentary, just great writing. And the songs, just fantastically done. The fact that not only they sound great, but the lyrics and everything, how they put together. And also, you got to give a shout out to the choreography. Uh, There's a lot of great dance numbers uh, in this. And I do like how all the the townsfolk and stuff in the cast are all, all the same people. It's not like, you know, obviously it's a small town, but they get to you know, play like these different moments and such, just like you would as a regular musical where a lot of people have the different ensemble roles. So I thought that was great. But whether you are a veteran to musicals or you're a little bit more novice like myself or the people, you're not going to be totally lost. There may be some uh, theater references and such, but it's not going to totally throw you off. And you're going to get, because of the commentary and how it's built up, you're really going to understand and laugh at moments that maybe you think you wouldn't. Yeah, it kind of gives you a bunch of a, it's like a bundle package all in one, uh, whether you like musicals or not. And I think it is enough of a premise that people will, they'll get the tropes, they'll get the idea. um, Because I'm sure there's there's still probably a lot of people out there that, although they maybe don't know it to every detail, they've probably heard more musical songs than they think of, just because many of this age, especially, have become such a part of pop culture because um, a lot of those songs are used in other formats, uh, you know, theme parks or parades or just, you know, other shows, uh, covers, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the show did a good job to blend them all together. And it does. It's just nice to see, you know, especially this this whole pandemic has been such a rough time for not only theater, but the performing arts as a whole, uh, you know, live acting, music, you know, singing, performance art, all this kind of stuff. So I think it's kind of fun to see a show celebrate uh, those tropes, even with the funny commentary of, you know, oh gosh, here they go. They're going to sing again. You know, like that's the thing that keeps popping up, I think. And even like the ensemble is kind of funny how they always just happen to pop out the right time to sing whatever song is next, you know, whatever the the lesson might be or whatever the, the bit might be. They're always just there. And it was fun to see those costumes and the way that they, they just, it really did look like this big, fun, cartoony land that musicals exist. Very much playing off the 
the idea of Brigadoon where, you know, they cross the bridge and they enter this magical land that doesn't exist. So I kind of hope that they will get to continue this show. It did kind of leave off without any spoilers here. It, it did kind of leave off, make you kind of guess exactly how it ends. And I feel because this first season handled the golden age really well, it'd be kind of neat to see where they could go to tackle other eras of musical theater. Cause there's been so much since that era, you know, if they start getting in the sixties and seventies, then you start to get to more of like the big blockbuster musicals, you know, Les Mis and Phantom of the eighties, getting into things like rent. And then, you know, look at shows today, you know, Jeremy Hanson, Hamilton, wicked, et cetera. There's still so much more they could tackle that could play into, you know, maybe those other towns that they go to, who knows, you know, so I do hope we get to see more from this show. Um, nothing's been said yet if it's going to continue, but it hasn't necessarily been said that it's a one-time season, you know. Um, so uh, curious to see what's going to happen. I mean, Apple TV Plus has been doing pretty well to have most of its shows continue for more than one season, unless it's a limited series. So I'm hoping that we get to see more from this because I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I completely agree. Very little to complain or nitpick about this, like we already said. But I, who knows whether it's continuing the story of our main characters or are we going to maybe see uh, two new characters? I think you're right. I think it would work well. You could do a whole uh, different styles of musicals and then maybe a whole new story, which I think would be the, the fact that people are kind of stuck in this uh uh, musical they gotta get out so to speak so uh, absolutely and of course like i said before whether you're a diehard fan of musical theater or you're just enjoy a good comedy and like to tap your toes this is a show for you and again this is our review of schmigadoon which is out now on apple tv plus and that was one of this week's potential picks thanks for listening to the potential podcast you can follow us on instagram and facebook at the potential podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.